0: This is Think It Through with me, April Adair. Get ready to start thinking. I know, it's hard, and you'd probably rather not. But here we go anyway. Hello and welcome to Episode 9. If you just found me on your favorite podcast platform, I'm glad you're here. It might be a good idea for you to go back and start with episode 1, as I tend to build on the information in previous episodes, and I don't want you to be confused or miss important ideas. In this episode, I'll be talking about something that is unfortunately very common and can wreak havoc with critical reasoning. What is this phenomenon that is at least annoying and at most potentially dangerous? (coughs) That's right, this episode is about bullshit. We often use the word bullshit to label stupid or useless things or ideas, and we also use it to describe outright lying. However, for purposes of this discussion, I'm going to use the meaning of bullshit as defined by American philosopher Harry G. Frankfurt in his seminal 1985 essay and subsequent 2005 short book, On Bullshit. And as you can probably tell, I'm going to take this opportunity to say the word bullshit quite a lot. So get ready for that. Here we go. I think anyone who undertakes a serious study of critical reasoning should familiarize themselves with Frankfurt's little book on bullshit. It's actually quite a delightful read. It isn't difficult to understand, and he gives lots of examples of what is and is not bullshit. It takes him nearly all of its 80 pages to carefully lay out his definition. He determines that bullshit is not the same thing as intentional lying. Rather, it's indifference to the truth or making a statement without regard as to whether it is actually true or not. When a person lies, they do it with a clear knowledge of what the actual facts are, and they make the choice to misrepresent those facts. In the words of Frankfurt himself, and I quote, For the bullshitter, however, he is neither on the side of the true nor on the side of the false. His eye is not on the facts at all as the eyes of both the honest man and the liar are, except insofar as they may be pertinent to his interest in getting away with what he says. He does not care whether the things he says describe reality correctly. He just picks them out or makes them up to suit his purpose. Now, that last sentence is important because it speaks to the reason why we bullshit. It's done because it suits someone's purpose at the time. They say something that gives the impression of truth, and they often appear to know what they're talking about. And oddly enough, while concern for the truth is not a part of bullshit, that doesn't mean that the statement is necessarily false. What that person is saying might actually be true, but to the bullshitter, it doesn't matter. What matters is the effect that their words have on their audience. Let me give you a couple of examples of this. I hate to break it to any of President Trump's admirers out there, but if we apply Frankfurt's definition to a large number of his statements, he's kind of a perfect example of a bullshit spouter. It was actually hard to pick out just one or two instances, but here goes. In February of 2017, Trump was speaking at an event and referenced a terrorist attack that had taken place the night before in Sweden. Swedish officials, upon hearing this, were very confused and responded by saying that no such incident had taken place. Where Trump got his incorrect information and what he heard or thought he heard has never been explained. He certainly might have misheard something, but we'll never really know. What was obvious was that he never took the time to check and make sure he was providing correct information. But the truth or falsehood of this assertion didn't matter to him anyway. The audience's response to it was far more important to him than whether it was true or not. And if you remember, I mentioned back in Episode 7 that Trump tweeted a link to a story on the satire website Babylon Bee about Twitter shutting down its entire network to slow bad news about Joe Biden. That has absolutely no basis in fact, by the way. And his comments made it clear he didn't realize it was satire. Did he check it before posting? No. Did it matter to him whether it was true or not? No. It fit into his worldview, and he knew it would resonate with people who side with him. That's more important to him. For all I know, that tweet might still be there. Somebody should check and see, because I don't do Twitter. Now, I want to be fair here, so here's an example of Beto O'Rourke spouting some bullshit. In a September 2019 Democratic candidate debate, he was asked about the potential for confiscation of guns, and his response ended with, Hell yes, we are going to take your AR-15s and your AK-47s. After that, he spent the next couple of weeks trying to walk that back and explain himself, and he finally ended up getting a false rating on PolitiFact for saying, to be clear, I'm not talking about confiscating anybody's guns. Okay, Beto. He made that first statement specifically to resonate with his constituency that had just experienced the horrific mass shooting in El Paso, where 23 people were killed. So the impact of that statement on his audience was more important to him than whether or not gun confiscation was actually going to end up being a part of any future gun control legislation. I mean, while I do understand that politicians often talk about potential legislation that they might want to focus on if they are elected, and that's not necessarily a bad thing, he really only made that statement because emotions were high due to the mass shooting, and he knew it would resonate with his audience. Sadly, it ended up being the start of the end of his campaign, because that was some serious bullshit that he just couldn't talk his way out of. Of course, we can talk about how politicians bullshit all day long, but we are often guilty of it ourselves. We proliferate lots of bullshit on social media. You see something and pass it along without regard to whether it's actually true or not because of the effect it has on you, and you know it will have a similar effect on your friends who read it. Even I've been guilty of this, although I really take pains not to do it anymore but bullshit isn't just prevalent on social media we can be guilty of spewing it on a regular basis in our daily lives why is there so much bullshit well there are lots of reasons the dunning kruger effect in which we overestimate our knowledge and ability is definitely a reason Many times we might be called upon to say something like in a work meeting, or we might be having a conversation and feel like we should contribute to it, but we don't have the necessary and pertinent information immediately available to us. For some reason, in our culture, saying those three little words, I don't know, is considered bad or weak. We often feel as if we're on the spot to say something and we just throw something out there so it appears we know what we're talking about. Other times, objective reality takes a back seat to our personal opinions, and we're more interested in saying what we feel is true without making sure it actually is true. Many people are unmotivated to do legitimate research, especially when their beliefs are on the line. And bullshit is often persuasive if it's said with conviction. Again, the example of President Trump, whose analytical type 2 thought processes don't appear to work at a very high level, but whose genius-level bullshit skills allow him to speak with confidence and authority. It seems to me that, since he rarely, if ever, admits to being wrong, he believes that if it comes out of his mouth, it must be right, and a large portion of the population either agrees with that assessment or, frankly, they really don't care. And the bullshit keeps on coming because it works. Why do we continue to buy into bullshit? Well, we've been listening to advertisements and politicians and our friends and our family all our lives, so we're kind of used to it. It does fit in with our type one automatic intuitive thinking, so if it sounds good, we tend to think it is good. We are in many ways cognitively lazy, and that's definitely not in our best interests. In fact, a recent study published in the Journal of Personality found that higher bullshit receptivity, in other words, people who tend to fall for bullshit and believe claims with little to no evidence to back them up, was correlated with the belief that fake news articles were actually real. They also found a correlation between bullshit receptivity and belief in one or more conspiracy theories. Speaking of conspiracy theories, that leads me to an article by Swedish philosopher Victor Moberger called Bullshit, Pseudoscience, and Pseudophilosophy. He takes Frankfurt's definition of bullshit a step further and asserts that things like homeopathy, astrology, anti-vax, Earthism, cryptozoology, and other similar ologies are actually special cases of bullshit. He calls them bullshit with scientific or philosophical pretensions and says it is not that the proponents of these pseudosciences are indifferent to the truth. They might actually believe in the tenets of their practices, but it's more that they lack epistemic conscientiousness. What does that mean? The term epistemic means relating to knowledge, and conscientiousness is the trait of being diligent careful, and doing one's work well and seriously. Pseudosciences like the ones I mentioned co-opt the language of science to justify their claims, but are not actually based on genuine science. You know, the kind of science that uses good solid research methods, is peer-reviewed, where the hypotheses are falsifiable, and the experiments are replicable. But since a large portion of the population only vaguely understands what any of those things I just said actually mean, they might think that pseudosciences have some basis in fact when their connection to science is tenuous at best. Such epistemic irresponsibility can be very difficult to fight. As you well know, if you've ever tried to reason with someone who is, oh, I don't know, certain that the earth is flat and the moon isn't real. That's because of something known as Brandolini's Law. Okay, it's not really a law, but it's definitely an observation of human nature. And it says, quote, The amount of energy necessary to refute bullshit is an order of magnitude bigger than to produce it. "'Boy, that's definitely true. "'I've had to walk away from someone spouting some conspiracy bullshit, "'not because what they're saying is undeniable and I don't have a comeback,' But because I realized that effectively responding to them would take an enormous amount of time and effort, involving laying out every single claim espoused by that person, looking at their evidence, if they have any, seeking counter-evidence and setting up a refutation, not to mention getting that person to actually stop and listen to you. And of course, calling someone's bluff does not necessarily counter the bullshit. Confirmation bias can cause them to ignore downplay or deny your evidence, and once someone's mind is made up, it is notoriously hard to change it. When I discuss conspiracy theories in more detail in a later episode, we'll definitely come back to Brandolini's Law. For now, let's get back to your basic everyday regular bullshit. What kinds of things could we do to reduce it? We'd all like to think that our intuition keeps us from being receptive to bullshit, but that's unlikely to be the case, as that's our type 1 fast kind of thinking. I mean, sure, occasionally I just seem to know when I'm getting fed a load of crap, but without good analytical skills, I'm just as likely to totally fall for it. An article titled, How to Fine-Tune Your Bullshit Detector, says that asking thoughtful, skeptical questions is the key. So yes, ask things like, is that really true? Can you show me evidence of that? Don't be the person who accepts a claim with weak or no evidence. Even if the claim actually has some basis in fact, if a person just throws it out there and can't provide evidence or can't explain why it's the case, they're probably guilty of trying to bullshit you. Another good question you can ask yourself is, what is being left out here? Has information that would help you detect bullshit been left out of a story someone's telling you, or an article on a website, or an advertisement? You will probably have to look for that information, as it's unlikely it's going to be freely offered. Are there any obvious logical fallacies that are being used to push you into accepting bullshit? Like the appeal to authority, where someone invokes the name of a famous person who supposedly said or believed something and that you should too. Or the ubiquitous everyone says or many people say. Or, of course, my favorite, look it up yourself when you ask for evidence. Or any of the numerous other fallacies we talked about back in episode 3. If it seems to be something you kind of want to believe, but you're not sure whether it's true or not, you should maybe ask yourself what you're inclined to believe about it and why. Remember, we all have biases, and it's far easier to see bias in others than to recognize it in ourselves. That's one of the greatest obstacles to critical thinking, the inability to see past our own biases. Something for us to continually work on, I guess. And of course, don't be the person who's guilty of bullshitting. Recognize the difference between good, solid information about something and your personal opinion about it. Just because you think something is true, if you're not sure, don't put it out there as if you are sure. Your opinion is fine, but you need to label it as such when you throw it out there. Also, don't cover for your lack of knowledge about something by bullshitting. Saying, I don't know, is perfectly acceptable, especially if it's followed by, but I'm going to find out, or better yet, let's find out together. And then, of course, you need to use good research methods like we discussed in Episode 7. I don't know can be some of the most powerful words you can say because they can move you from ignorance to enlightenment if you let them. I've just briefly touched on this thing known as bullshit, but I've put links to everything I mentioned today in the show notes, along with some other articles that will help you improve your bullshit detection skills. Please take the time to look at them, so you can call it out when you find it, and you will be the one to say, Uh, That was bullshit! And I'll see you in episode 10.